Good morning, guys. Sweet people. Y'all all bring me so much joy. Um, I'm just delivering the announcements today. Tomorrow um, at 6 o'clock, there's going to be volleyball. That's starting for the summer, and that's going to be every other week. So come, bring your dogs, all of them, every week. Oh, it's every week this year. So, yeah, still bring your dogs. And <laughs> that's for me. Um, <laughs> Um, this Wednesday at 6.30 here is going to be the women's dinner. So come bring a dish if you can, hang out if you're a lady. Um, and then today is actually Jesus Church's second birthday. So happy birthday to Jesus Church. Amen. After service, yes. After service, come outside. You probably saw the bounce house. Hang out. Just enjoy fellowship. Eat food. Bounce. We're going to kick the kids out at one point and just go crazy in there. Um, <laughs> and then also, I know a lot of you guys have been asking, um, there is going to be details to come on this, but on June 25th, a memorial for Linda Moffitt. I think it's pretty amazing. I'm just going to point this out because it really like is her legacy, isn't it? That the reason why this memorial is delayed is because so many of her family members were just out serving the Lord in the field. So praise God. Um, that's all the announcements for today. Thank you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, yeah, I'm thankful to be here and thankful that we get to celebrate two years today. We're going to do a little bit different service. I'm going to share a little bit on um, just vision and kind of who we are and what we're about and where we're headed. And, and then I'm going to open it up for some testimonies. Um, I know some people want to share and just about what Jesus has done in their life. Um, through Jesus Church and in the last two years. Um, and yeah, and then we'll eat some food and we'll hang out and it'll be good. Oh, Bree's got the new baby here. Sorry for pointing you out, but that thing is cute. <laughs> um, yeah, so, man, I've been really, I've been really stirred in just the, like how many of you guys have been blessed by what, by this church and by what we're doing in this community, right? It's like, if you don't raise your hand, you're going to get in trouble. Taya's been blessed in the back. Um, but you don't realize how important community is until you don't have it. And a lot of times, um, man, like, when we're gone, and I say this, I say this all the time. I said it last week. Like, when I was gone, I literally just longed to be back. Like, I, I miss, it feels like I miss my family. I miss, like, my kids. I just want to come home. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's what it feels like. And I, and I'm just super grateful for that because I'm sure a lot of, not a lot of people have that. And I don't think that we realize it sometimes. It's like, like how often do you, do you long and miss the people that aren't really your family but just people that are in Christ and, and, and running the race with you? Like how often do you miss people like that? And I don't want to like move past that and kind of let us, let us become dull to that because this is literally what Jesus paid for and this is what he purchased is for us to gather together and to be encouraged and to look like him right? Like, that's what he paid for. Like, what he, the revelation of Jesus is what he builds the church on, and that's what he wants to do is build the church. So I'm going to kind of go, I want to go through kind of a little bit of just like what we value, um, and then I'm going to share a little bit of vision on where we're headed. Um, if you guys want to look at Matthew chapter 5, hmm? I know I got notes up here for you guys that are Say I never use notes. Matthew chapter 6, I meant. Um, this is all for Judy. 
Because Judy complains that I never have notes. Yeah, she writes in the complaint box and drops it in the offering. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, something that's pretty common, I mean, a lot of us have read it. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Um, and I want to make sure I leave some time for, for um, testimony. So I'm going to try to go through some of this stuff as fast as I can. But this is Jesus praying. And obviously we know that this is him commanding us to pray this way, right? Um, a lot of times we, I mean, a lot of people know this prayer even if you don't go to church. But I want us to see what he's talking about. Um, verse 9 of chapter 6 of Matthew, it says, In this manner, therefore, pray. So Jesus is commanding us to pray this way. He says, Our Father in heaven, first off, first and foremost, our Father in heaven. We cannot, if, if we leave the idea of family, then we leave the idea of the kingdom. That makes sense? Because God's about a, a family. Right? The whole, the whole idea of, of what Jesus accomplished was to bring us back to the Father so that, and you understand, you can't be a father until you have children. Right? I was not a father until Valor was born, but now, oh, well, I guess when he was conceived, I was a father, but then, because life starts in the womb. Um, but regardless, I wasn't a father until I had a baby, right? Until I had a child. Does that make sense? So that was God's plan, and that's what Jesus came to reveal him as the father, which is pretty insane, because he's revealing him as the father, implying that he's going to have children, slash does have children, and Jesus, and many more to come, right? Because he's the firstborn. So when we leave the idea of Jesus as, or the father as the father of this house, the father of our family, when we leave the idea of family, that's why, that's when we start to get into a, a lot of issues. It's because we gather together as a family and a church is a community, a family that does life together. I say it all the time, right? If we don't understand that, then we're, we'll, what we'll do is we'll get reduced to just Sunday service and trying to get people to come and all these things. And that's, none of that is what Jesus is, is, is going for, right? I'm super happy that you guys are here, and I love it. And I, like I said, I miss it when I'm gone. But just like Jesus, the goal of Jesus' church is to build a community of believers that do life together, right? It's, it's a kingdom. We're, we're in a kingdom, and there's a king, and his name's Jesus, and it's a family, right? And we're in the family, right? We're in the family. So look at this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be your name. Your what? Kingdom come, and your will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. And this is all I want to read from this is, is we are not, as Jesus Church and as a family, we are not trying to figure out how to do church well or how to do church better. That is not our goal. Because a lot of times we sit around and we think, how can we do church better? We're not trying to figure out how to do church better. We're renewing our mind to what the kingdom looks like. Does that make sense? Like, the, when we leave the idea of family in the kingdom, then, we're, then the church has no, no identity. We're not trying to figure out how to do church better, how to do Sunday service better. We're trying to learn what it looks like to live in the kingdom with the kingship of Jesus. Does that make sense? Is there any questions on that? Like I said, there's always open for questions. So I want to read this. This is kind of what I wrote, but it says, we aren't trying to do church. We aren't trying to figure out how to do church better. We are doing kingdom. We are learning to live in the kingdom of God. We are building a kingdom community, and part of that community is a Sunday gathering, but it's not the entire community. We are a family of believers who gather together to be stirred up and equipped to make an impact and bring the kingdom to this earth. 
We believe the church is God's tool to bring the kingdom, and it's his heart to see others experience it and be part of this kingdom. Right? God's tool to bring the kingdom of God into the earth is the church. And if we don't understand that, then we'll, then we'll lose our purpose and our idea. How many of you guys know somebody or have been in a place where you don't understand your purpose and haven't lived your purpose, you get frustrated very quickly and you get discouraged very quickly, right? When people don't know what they're, when they're just going through life monotonously doing what they're supposed to be doing, like the lowest level of life is survival, right? And it's so easy for us as a church to just fall into like, I'm just going through the motions and it's all good things, but you have to understand why we're here and we have to live with a purpose and a, and a, and a destiny, Right? and a calling. We have to realize that Jesus Church here is a lighthouse to, to reach and to bless people, right? And to bring his kingdom. Like God's kingdom is gonna come. Okay. Jesus, they asked him, they said, when's your kingdom gonna come? What did he say? Right, he said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He says, don't look here or there. Where did he say it is? It's inside of you, right? Because the kingdom of God is in the person of the Holy Spirit when we become one with him again. So when we understand that, then that, that means the kingdom of God, where, how does it come into the earth? Through us, not through a building. Right? We can build the biggest buildings in the world, but that's what we've tried to do is get people to come. When I, my job as a pastor is to equip you to see what you have so that the kingdom of God can touch people out there. Right? And if we don't see that, then we'll live our lives outside of purpose. Right? We can live our lives outside of purpose and come to church every Sunday and come every time it's open and live our lives outside of purpose. Because that's not what God, I'm all, like, and don't get me wrong, I love this and I love church, but I'm not, that's not what God has for us. He has for us to come together, to be equipped, to be stirred up, to encounter Jesus just like we just did in worship, and to take him out to bring him to other people. Right? So if I'm not challenging you and I'm not equipping you to go out and actually impact the world with the kingdom that you carry, if you don't know that you carry a kingdom, then we're, we're missing it big time, right? Does that make sense? So we have to see that as Jesus Church. That I love, because what we do is we're like, well, there's people out there, like I just talked to somebody the other day, and he was just like, I don't go to church, you know, this and that. I had a bad experience with a pastor, and I'm like, seems to be the narrative. Um, that's what I said to him. I said, seems to be the narrative a lot, which is super sad because a lot of people have a wrong idea of God because they, they put somebody that says they know God that didn't act like God and now they're looking at God through the lens of that person, right? If you have, like, why are we trying to come to God any other way than Jesus, right? Because what we do is we go through our father or we go through the, this person or our spouses or whatever the case may be and we're trying to look at God through the wrong lens when the lens is Jesus, because you always say to those people, I'm like, if Jesus walked the earth, would you follow him? They're like, well, of course. I'm like, well, then you're not mad at Jesus. You're mad at people. So don't, don't disrespect, like, disconnect yourself, not disrespect. Don't disconnect yourself from the body because you're, because you're, because you're mad at people or upset with people, which I'm not, I'm not downplaying that people did wrong things, you know? But we just got to take them off the pedestal, right? You got to take me off the pedestal. Don't put me there. I don't like it there. You know what I'm saying? So I want us to see this, and I want us to walk in it. So look at Ephesians chapter 4. Is there any questions on that? I've been convicted, like, really convicted about this book right here, to be honest with you. Um, 
I don't read it enough, and I don't preach it enough, and we don't read it enough together. Like I said, I was in South Africa, and we were super, we were just super busy. I'm preaching, and, and we're doing ministry, and we're going outreach, and, and we got all our guys going different which ways. Tyler's preaching, Simon's, we're all doing stuff, and I literally, I mean, I have a baby too, so I was waking up early and then going to bed, like, <laughs> without, you know, at not the right times and stuff. I literally didn't open my Bible for like six days while I was in South Africa, except for to preach, and I preached a bunch of times. And I'm like, you don't, and I didn't realize it, and I'm like, I just didn't have any time. And I was like, man, Lord, I'm like, I remember the one time I literally pulled, opened it to eat breakfast, and then Valerie's being crazy, and I'm like, I can't, I don't have time for this. I'm trying to drink my coffee, eat my breakfast, and we're about to leave in 15 minutes. And I was like, I'm just going to read it very, very quickly. And I couldn't. And I came home, and I was telling Luke this yesterday, but I was like, I literally, like, the first day we were home, I, like, laid my Bible open, and I don't even know where it was, Habakkuk or somewhere, and I'm just, like, literally just laid it open, and it wasn't even anything that was anything spectacular. I'm talking, like, and the something, just, like, nothing that made any sense, and it felt like life to my bones. Like, it felt like I drank water in a long, like, haven't drank water in a long time. I'm, like, and it literally, because the Lord, the Lord was already starting to speak to me in this. He's, like, you, like, as Jesus Church, we value the word very highly like higher than anything else in the whole world. We value the word, right? Not anyone's opinion, not anyone's ideas. We value the word of God 100%, right? So that's why we have, and the Lord had already been speaking to me about this, and I'm like, it just felt like life to my bones. I'm like, man, Lord, and he's just like, people live their whole life like that, right? Like super thirsty and not realizing it. And I didn't realize, I'm like, man, like, I'm like, thank you. I'm just like, oh my God, I'm so thankful that I have this. And like, we don't realize how, like, how lucky we are. And so he's been convicting me on it. Is like, when, we, when I sit down with people, when I spend time with people, like, and when I preach, I can't just quote the word because I do quote the word a lot. Like, you guys hear me quote a lot of scripture, but we have to open it and look at it together because it's not about good things that Dylan said. It needs to be about what he says, right? I need to push you to his feet and I need you to push you to his word because that, that, the Bible's still gonna say the same thing in Ephesians. Tomorrow, 20 years from now, right? But you might forget what I say, and that's okay. But if I can push you to him and, and get you to see with your own eyes, because that's where life is, right? So we have to see that. And that's something that I've just been convicted in. So, um, so like I said, we're gonna read a lot of scripture today. Look at Acts, um, or I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter four. Verse 11, holy, right there, I'm so thirsty right now. It's like when I was, wasn't drinking my, or reading my Bible. Like, man, I wish I had some water. And I looked down, there was grace right there. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he himself, right, Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For what purpose? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So not really to build a whole ministry around it and, and to set up some conferences around my gifting. Right? As a pastor, my primary job is to equip you so that you feel equipped and grown so that you can go out and do the work of the ministry. Right? Like I said, my job is to get you to see what you carry and see the kingdom that you carry so that you can go out and bring that kingdom into the earth. That's my, jo that's my job and that's my goal, right? That's why it's just on a Sunday gathering is awesome, but I, we can't do that all, just in a Sunday gathering, 
We can't do that for however long I preach, even if I preach for three hours, which it might feel like sometimes, right? So I have to, I have to see my role as just a small, small part of the body. It might be the mouth, right? But it's just a small part. I have to see that and see that I'm, my job here is to equip you guys and you guys have to see that your job here is to be equipped and come together to be equipped so that you can go out and do what you're called to do. Because frankly, like, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna be at CMU this fall, but Rachel is, you know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna work at Professional Metalworks, but Andrew does. So I'm never gonna see the guy that works next to him, but he does, right? So are we just like, well, we're, hopefully they come to church and maybe we can do an outreach there and send them some flyers. Like, that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for Andrew to look like Jesus there, right? We're looking for him to be filled up and equipped and have everything that he needs so that they can see Jesus there, right? Does that make sense? So let's keep reading. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all, until we all, come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So what's our goal in teaching and equipping and all these things? What's our goal? Unity is one of them. What's the other one? To be full in Christ, right? We're all growing up into him. That's why, he's, that's why his name's on the sign out front, right? Because we're all pursuing him to look like him. So everything that we teach, everything that we do, everything that we pursue, we all have to grow up to look like him. Because if, if Andrew can look like him, then where he goes, he's going to look like him. That's what we just need. We just need people to look like him. And Jesus carried the kingdom like it was going out of style right? Right? He lived it. He walked in it every day. Right? It's, cra- it's crazy to me. Like, there's so many times in the word that it's literally like, he says, you go out, heal the sick, tell them the kingdom's come. And that's all he says. You go out, heal the sick, and tell them the kingdom's come. And I'm like, step one, heal the sick. Step two, just tell them the kingdom's come. That's Jesus's life. And he was just, he was dead serious about it. We think it's just a, a, a <laughs> we think it's like a suggestion or something that we should like sit down and talk about. Like he just goes out and he's just like, this is what you do. This is what it looks like to be a son of God. And this is what it looks like to be a son of a king, right? Is to bring this kingdom. And it's crazy to me. Like we have to be people that just see that because like, and that's why I preach righteousness so much and I can feel the Lord on it. It's just like, because if we don't have that confidence and boldness, then we won't ever step out and ever touch anybody or do anything that God actually wants us to do. Because righteousness is very, very important, right? Because the righteous are bold as a lion. So we're looking for boldness. We're looking to, we, do, we just need to know who we are, right? I remember a story of a guy that was like, a lady had, had a, <clears throat> she got saved and she was like a, in witchcraft and, and like, a bunch of demonic stuff, and she just said, she's like, I was just, she's like, I watch you guys walk around. She's like, you don't even understand the power that you carry. She's like, I used to watch Christians walk by, and I could see the power on them. And she's like, I, and I live in the wrong, I lived in the wrong realm for so many years, serving the wrong person. And I'm just like, look at all this power. Like, that's insane. And she's like, but you guys just don't understand it. You don't understand what you carry. Man, we should, right? <clears throat> That we should no longer, in verse 14, that we should no longer be tossed to and fro, or no, we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. 
but what? Speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So you see that our goal in Jesus' church and as the body, as the community of believers, is to speak the truth in love so that we may all grow up and then that every joint and ligament, every part of the body nourishes itself, right? Because if I come here and I, don't, and I feel like I don't need the body, then I'm not gonna receive anything and I'm not gonna grow because I need what you guys have, right? Like there's people literally, like you guys come all the time and you're sitting here with like amazing giftings and things, but like you have to open your mouth so that we can hear it. Like, we need what you carry, right? I, like, I, I need other people to prophesy. I need other people to, to encourage people. I need other people to come up and, and, and share what God's given them because we all need each other. And that's what I think that a lot of people, like, when people live outside of community, they don't realize that. But then when they get plugged in, they're like, holy cow, this is, like, this is what I've been lacking. This is what I've been, I've, I've been missing, right? Because I literally, to be honest with you, I used to think that I was like, like, I'm here to bless people, but I don't really need anything or anybody. And it's like, I remember listening to a, a, a pastor that I really admire, and he was saying that he had something going on with his eyes, and he's like, I have my buddies gather around me and just pray for me. And I'm like, if this dude asked somebody, to, like, this guy's seen amazing healings. And I'm like, if, somebody, if he just asked his friends to pray for him, I was like, he realizes that he needs the body. Like, he, he's not just a one-man show, right? Like, I don't want to be a one-man show. I don't want to be a, a finger that's cut off from the body trying to do my own thing, right? I went to the dentist this week, and, like, I'll tell you why. Uh, you guys will follow my train of thought once I tell you the whole story. But, like, I went to the dentist this week because I was, like, pretty much in tears at night for an infection in my tooth. I didn't know what it was, but I was, like, <laughs> today I was, like, are you good? I'm, like, I'm really not good. I want to cry, actually. I was, like, on my knees, like, in my, like, I'm on the, like, literally, I'm just like walking. I'm like, I don't know what to do. It hurts so, it hurts so, because like when a tooth, you guys know, like when a tooth hurts, it's like, what are you, like, what are you going to do? Like nothing's going to make it feel any better. Like I'm like running water, like hot water down my mouth and like chewing on a, I'm literally took Valor's teething oil and I'm just like teethers, whatever I can do. It hurts so bad, dude. So I went to the dentist. Oh, this is why I said this. So I literally went to the, I was told Taya, I said, if I had the choice of having never having to go to the dentist and my teeth being completely perfect the rest of my life, but I had to cut my finger off, I would 100%. It wouldn't even be a second thought in my mind I'd cut my, if it was my pinky. But like, yeah, I said like, and Taya was like, what do you mean your pinky? I was like, this is the one. Like, if I had to, cho if I had to choose, like, you know what I'm saying? But like, this is, but for real, think about it. This is number one, if you had to choose what finger to cut off. Number one, two, three probably, four, this is, these are the two most important, four and five. You don't want your thumb gone. You definitely don't want your pointer finger gone. You work your way down. This is the one you're going to cut off. But I was just saying, I was like, if I had to cut it right, am I, does everybody agree? Exactly. You probably never thought about that. But if I was, but she's, I was telling her, she's like, well, you're not going to get that choice. So you're going to have to go to the dentist. I'm just like, but I'm just letting you know. But like, I got there, to be honest with you, like, like I almost, like, I was hyperventilating almost because I don't like the dentist. And I'm like, Lord, what is, because I never was like that, but I just, I, I don't know, bad experiences. Um, 
had a bad experience with a doctor, and now I don't go to the dentist, or a dentist, and I don't go to the dentist now. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I, uh, so I'm like sitting there, and I'm like, I'm like, Lord, I'm not living like this. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, this is why I have Jesus, is for situations like this. Like, I, I, I read about him, I preach, and, you know, I, I live with him, I worship him, all these things, but now when I'm sitting in a dentist chair, and I feel like I'm going to hyperventilate because I, and I'm like, I don't even care. Like, I, I was like, I'm pr- I've been through a lot of, like, pain in my life. I was like, why am I, like, why is this coming on me? And it's like, I don't to be honest, I never had this before, so I don't know where it, like, what stronghold came that kind of made me like this, but I was like, forget it. Like, I'm not, I was like, Lord, so I'm talking to the Lord, I'm praying in tongues, sitting in the, <laughs> sitting in the chair, or I was sitting in the office, and I'm looking, like, watching HGTV on the, um, on the thing, and I'm just, like, praying in the spirit. I'm like, holy cow, like, I feel so, and then they're like, Dylan, and I'm like, my stomach drops. I'm like, why am I like this? So, like, he goes in, he's like, dude, you're gonna need a root canal, and I'm like, is this going to suck? And he's just like, it probably won't. Like, he's like, it's not that bad. And he's like, but they're going to have to, like, you're going to have to go right now. Like, I literally left the dentist, went right to the other specialist, and, which was the craziest thing. He did it in, like, 20 minutes. Like, they were, I was signing the papers, sitting in the chair while he's about to do x-rays. I had to stop, x-ray, finish signing the paper, numb me. I was gone in, like, 20 minutes, which is insane. Like, so, and the dude was actually super good. But when I got in the chair, when I'm driving there, I'm like, I just remember, I'm like, all right, Father, just like what we just did right there in worship is what we're called to. I was like, Father, like, I was like, I'm not going to live my life in fear, and I'm not going to give into the, like, I don't want to do it. I know that, that. I was like, but I'm thankful that you're with me for these moments. Like, I'm thankful that peace is here. So, like, when I get in this chair, I'm, like, I'm literally driving, this is what I'm saying out loud. This is what it looks like to live with Jesus. And I'm like, I'm like, Father, I'm thankful that when I get there, you're going to be there, and I'm thankful that you've already set this up. You've already been here. You're already going to go through it with me. Like, I wasn't, this didn't catch you by surprise. You're not going to leave me, but I'm thankful that when I get there, there's going to be peace and joy. And it's like, and I don't want to go through it, but I thank you that you're going to be there with me in it, you know, because that's what it looks like to walk with him. And I literally sat in the chair with like zero anxiety, zero whatever, and I was just like, <laughs> I'm sitting there, and the guys, I have my eyes closed, and the guy's like, you okay? I'm like, yeah. And I was just thinking, I'm like, I don't know why, but I was just on a beach with Jesus. I'm like, Lord, I'm thinking about the beach. Is that what you do in the dentist chair too? Maybe that's what, he's just like, this is what helps Michelle, Dylan. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know how I got on that. Oh, I don't want to be a finger that's cut off from the body, right? So look at this. Um, is there any questions on that? So we are a body that has the goal of growing up to look like him. We need each other. We value and we need community. We value the word because truth spoken in love is what helps us grow, right? We value the head, Jesus. So if he wants to interrupt our regularly scheduled program, he's, he's welcome to, right? And we value the Holy Spirit and we give him room. In Jesus' church, that's what you see all over the place is those things right there. We value him. We value the, the, we value the word. We value the head. We value the truth of God's word because that's the only way that we're gonna grow. We value the Holy Spirit. That's why I always give him room. Right? I'm okay with Jesus interrupting our regularly scheduled program. But we value community. And I want us to see this going forward is, is community is what transforms people's lives. Right? The, the Jesus that, that Cassidy and Tyler and Frank carry is the Jesus that changes the world. 
right? Not just, not just bringing somebody in and letting them sit through what my, my message is. Although those, I'm sure those help. But being part of a community is what transforms people. And to be honest with you, we have to see that because going forward, we need to do more of it. We need to do community more and better and invite more people into it. Because there's so many people that are, are cut off fingers that are separate from the body and they're not, they're not growing and they're not being encouraged and they're not looking more like him because the enemy has already secluded them by whatever case may be, right? Insert tragedy story here and now they don't go to church now, right? Insert six more tragedy stories here and now we just meet with a couple people in our living room that are also hurt, Right? So we have, to, we have to see that and we have to give ourselves to be like, all right, Jesus, like the person that I encounter, my neighbor, my, my, my coworker, what they're looking for is they're looking for him and I carry him. And then they're, what they're looking for when they encounter him is they're looking for more of him to look more like him and to be brought into a family where he's the head and he's the covering, right? Because it's not about coming to church, it's about being connected in the family. Because I, I encounter a lot of Christians that, 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 don't go to church, and I'm not. I'm saying it like that because it's not even about Sunday. It's just they're not even connected with anybody or doing any life with anybody in any sense of the word, right? And it's like they're like, oh well, we do this with our kids and this and that, and it's like, like I'm all for that, but like there's only there, you can be the strongest person in the world, but then when you get when you get separated from the flock, it's super easy for you to, to get drilled. You understand? Like there's, there's been times, even like in Jesus church, I'm thankful that I came here and people shared words with me in the midst of problems and, and, and circumstances. Like I'm thankful that somebody was here to pray with me and somebody was here to, to hold me up, right? Like there was multiple times where like somebody was like, I remember one time I was sitting here, or not here, we were in our living room in our basement still and we're in pre-service prayer and like pre-service prayer, like I mean, this was like two or three months into Jesus Church. And B says a word that's literally like, I have no idea. I was going through a bunch of warfare. And I said at the beginning of Jesus Church, like I went through a bunch of warfare. And it was like, B says this word. She's like, and it literally made no sense to anybody else. Like, and I was, she's like, I don't even know why I have this verse. But she was just being like, she's like, I, she just, she's like, I'm just practicing. Like, it's fine. Like, this is what I feel. I don't know why. And it literally didn't make any sense at all. But for me, I was like, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Because it was, it was all talking about, um, it was all talking about like what Paul went through because of who, because of his, what he was called to do, what his ministry was, because he was going through and, and starting churches and things like that. He was, it's, it was the persecutions that arose for Paul's sake because the, the enemy was trying to get him off of the mission. And I was just sitting there, I'm like, wow, that's so awesome, B. <laughs> and then she's just like, yeah, I'm glad that blessing. But I like, I'm like, I, I'm so thankful she said it. And that's what you have to realize is like what you carry, every time you step in the door, you have to realize that you carry something for somebody else, right? So we have to grow together and be nourished and knit together in one. So look at Acts chapter 13. <clears throat> Did you know that as a believer, you have the ability and the privilege to minister to the Lord? Like you have the ability and the privilege to bless the Lord's heart. 
Do you know that? Like, and that's why we value worship in Jesus' church. Like, worship is not just a warm-up for the service. But I think that what's changed my life in worship is realizing that what I carry is I'm bringing something to the table that's going to bless Jesus. Like, what my song, my worship, my heart posture to him is what blesses him. It actually ministers to him. That's crazy to me, that you can minister to the Lord. Look at this, Acts 13, verse 1. It says, now in the church that was at Antioch, I love the way the Bible writes things. Now the church, now in the church that was at Antioch. Not saying that there's the only church. He's saying this is the church, and this is one of the expressions of the churches in Antioch. You see that? Because it's one church, one body, one head. We're all one, right? There might be a bunch of denominations that make no sense, but we're all one body, right? So we're all one body. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ, and we're all running the same race. So let's just kind of put our differences aside, and let's run, right? So it's the church that was in Antioch. There were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, uh, Lucius, Lucius of Cyrene, Manana, Manana, I don't know, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And as they, as the church, what? Ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, which implies that God still speaks, now separate to me Saul and Barnabas for the work that I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. So as they fasted, they ministered to the Lord. The perfect picture of it is Mary bringing her alabaster jar and dumping it over the body or the feet of Jesus, right? And blessing the whole body is what she did. She brought something that cost her something and gave it to Jesus to bless him. And Jesus received it and was thankful, right? That's why when we come together and worship, like we have to start changing our mindset of what worship looks like because it's not just us coming and singing. Like Simon and Bailey are up there leading and, 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 and Bailey's singing. She's singing to bring you so that you can come to his feet, right? Like we're not just here to listen to what she's, what she's singing. Like her job is like a tour guide, right? That she's been to all the great places. So she's bringing you here and she's like, here he is, right? Here it is, Mount Rushmore. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure they don't have tour guides at Mount Rushmore. There's only one thing over there. Um, <laughs> but so you can come and realize that when you walk in the door, the Lord is waiting for you to minister to him. And what's crazy is once you minister to him, it's like a dance because then he ministers back to you. And then you feel even more encouraged to minister back to him. And then he ministers back to you, right? It's really what intimacy in, in marriage looks like. It's serving one another and blessing one another. So we have to change our view of, of worship, and that's why we worship in Jesus' church, and that's why we value worship. That's why sometimes it goes long, because it's not really about us. It's about him, right? But we want to realize that, like, what you, what you carry, like what Robin carries when she walks in the door is she carries something that is going to bless Jesus. And what you, realize, you don't realize that literally what you carry your heart, just your heart posture ministers to him and blesses him and moves him, right? It's, it, that, that's, a, that's amazing to me. As the priest of the Lord, we get to minister to, to the Father. We get to minister to Jesus. We get to bless him, and he likes it. 
You ever notice how like some things that when you're singing them, it's just like he really enjoys it and you can feel his presence on it? Like that's him saying like, oh, I really, that's why you just stay there and just be like, I'm just going to keep saying that you're lovely then because <laughs> you're lovely, right? So look at Colossians chapter three. Staying in, is this okay? You guys, are you guys understanding or getting what, um, are you getting, are you getting to see why I do and why we do what we do? Yeah. Um, you have a question? You want to say something, don't you? This is kind of like a testimony, though, so I was... You're going to wait till the end, or no? I'm no, just, I'm just saying, I'm already I'm started now. But <clears throat> just something that I have learned at Jesus Church recently. So, like, with your dentist experience, <clears throat> yeah. I, uh, same thing, you know, I, I hate to go, but a few years ago, I think maybe it was right after I got back from Sierra Leone, I had to go have a little medical thing done that was, like, just... It was a mammogram, all right? I, I didn't want, it was my first one. I didn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. I was a little bit freaked out, a little claustrophobic. But I remember coming back from Sierra Leone and just seeing all of the um, physically devastated people in my head. The lady said to me, she's like, are you, she was super awesome. Are you okay? And I was like, I said, I, I said I'm a little nervous. I said, but this is a first world problem. Like, I get the, I get the mm -hmm. blessing of being able to have good medical attention. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much been my how I've dealt with issues my whole life. I would tell my kids when they didn't want to go to the dentist, I'm like, be thankful that you can go because there are people who stand in line all day long, you know, in other countries mm -hmm. to get to see the dentist. So that, there's nothing wrong with that. But I noticed like, and I went to the dentist this week too, and just some other things, this shift that's taken place, and this is so much better. It's because it's what you're saying. It's so much better instead of doing that, which is good, which is, you know, suck it up and get going. What's better is to say, like when I was there at the dentist office and I had to get ready to go in, it's to be like, I'm starting to feel anxious. I don't want to do this. I think there might be a problem with this. And then, you know, you start saying, then I'm probably going to have to do that. And then it's going to be painful. And it's going to cost a million dollars and all this. You know, <laughs> I don't have time for this. Instead of doing that, the Holy Spirit's been working on me lately, like, what about, what about the people in this room? Like, who mm -hmm. can you, like, look around? Maybe the person serving you right now needs to be prayed for. Ask me how to pray for people that you can see. Ask me how, like, instead of being self-focused, even mm -hmm. if it's to toughen up, which is okay, mm -hmm. to, instead of even being that self-focused, I think that's, like, what you are saying. It's, it's different. It's, in, I don't know. It's just different. And what the Holy Spirit was saying to me when you were talking, it was like, Perfect love casts out fear. And I think I've always tried to focus really like on his love for me and that brings you a certain amount of peace. But then, like when you said like the, the person calls your name, all of a sudden your stomach falls and you're right back again. Mm -hmm. This new shift of like being in a sense of prayer and awareness of who's around me and praying for them or whatever, it like, it's like perfect love that casts, because you're loving other people now, mm -hmm. and it casts out that fear. You're not looking at yourself. Not that you're still not going to be a little bit, but, mm -hmm. or have to fight that. I just, I don't know. It was just like, it's a been an aha moment, and I shared with you a little bit about when I, you know, 
with Trevor mm -hmm. in those situations, but um, the Lord telling me that specifically about praying for the people around me. And one other thing that someone said to me when we were in Africa, at my job, I started that job just to be able to, because I felt like God wanted me to witness in the community. And then it just goes a lot slower than I want. And I look at people who are hurting, and you have the answer. Like you're holding the answer in your hand, yeah. and it doesn't open up the door. The doors aren't opening quite yet for me to be able to give out the gospel. And this, um, when we were in Africa, she said to me, she's like, yeah, but every time you're having conversations with them, they're talking to Jesus. Mm -hmm. It was like, it makes me want to cry. She's like, they're having conversations with Jesus, just if it's about nothing. And I was like, oh my mm -hmm. goodness, that's so, like, that. we, we forget what we carry, right? Mm -hmm. Amen. That's awesome. And that's what, like, what Michelle's talking about is, <clears throat> like, it's the edifying of itself to be built up in love. Because that's our, that's the, if we want to look like Jesus, then we're going to have to look like love. Right? Because God is love. And he's the perfect picture of the Father. Right? So we can't, be, we can't be anything less than love if we're going to look like him. And what we're pursuing is to look like love in every situation, right? And love never thinks about itself, right? There's so much freedom in that because love sets you free because it doesn't think about yourself, right? Once you get set free from you, then you're free from everything else, right? Once, once it's not about you anymore, it's not about anything else because you're there positioned to be love now, Right? And that's why there's so many times that I, can fall, I fall back into a mindset about it's all about me or whatever's bothering me or struggling or whatever the case may be. And then once you get self-focused and get um, thinking about yourself, man, you're, you're an easy target for the enemy, right? Because one frustration can pile on to another and then pretty soon you're, you're not happy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's why we pursue love. That's good, Michelle. Um, did I tell you Colossians chapter 3, verse 23? <clears throat> Colossians 3.23, um, this is just going along with worship. It says, and whatever you do, do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Because what we have to realize is what, and like I'm saying with the ministry to the Lord, is when you worship the Lord, it's not a song. Worship is not a song, it's a lifestyle. It's a posture of your heart. So you can worship in, in service because you worship the Lord elsewhere, right? You worship well and when you sing is because you worship well when you work. You know what's crazy is in, in, in Hebrew, there's, the word worship is the same word for work. So like when, when the Jews would work, that's worship unto the Lord. So whatever they did, it was unto the Lord. And that's what we have to realize. Like I love to ride motorcycles and I was, I was telling Luke this a while back, but just like I, the Lord is like, what does it look like to just go out and ride and then enjoy what you're doing as unto me? It's the same way that I would raise my hand in worship. It's the same way that I can enjoy fun or I can go play catch with my son or I can go, whatever the case may be, I can do it as unto the Lord because all it takes is a heart posture change, right? It doesn't take a lot. It just takes you doing it from a different place, right? It takes you doing it from a place of, all right, I'm gonna do this for him and I'm gonna do this with him in mind. It might not be easy. It might not be awesome, but it, it, it will change your worship experience because it, it will take you out of a three songs on a Sunday to I'm gonna live my life and then when I come in, I can sing even even greater about it because I know it a little bit more. Does that make sense? So in Jesus' church, we value marriage. We value family. Right, that's why we have so many 
babies on the way. <laughs> right? We got a lot on the way. Um, we value marriage. We value family. We value rest. And we value fun. I think that's kind of a, a weird word to say in Christianity. Fun. Like Jesus, like you have to realize the pleasure, the pleasure of the Father over your life. He's pleased with you if you gave $100 into the offering plate or you took that $100 and spent it on your son and bought him cleats. You have to realize that that's the same pleasure that he feels over you because you're fulfilling a God-given destiny and purpose in your life as a father, as a, as a husband, as a wife, whatever the case that may be, right? So what you're doing, you're doing it unto him. So when you have fun, when you enjoy something, like the Lord can see you the same pleasure over your life when you pray for the sick and when you play catch with your son. Like we have to change that picture because what we think is like he's super pleased with me when I'm doing ministry or doing worship or I'm, I'm serving in the church, but he's not that pleased with me when I'm fishing, Right? Because you're like, this one's good, but this one's just like something that I do kind of. And we never enjoy anything when we live like that. That's the problem. And we're super, we're super mean. <laughs> like we're just not very nice people when we live like that. Right? I've lived, I lived en enough of my life like feeling like I should be doing something over here and do, trying to enjoy the lake or whatever I'm at. When I just need to realize that Jesus is pleased with me and he's pleased when I'm at the lake. And like my life and the way that I'm living my life because I'm doing it unto him, I'm living my life and having fun unto him. And he loves that and he enjoys that. That's crazy to me, right? And we have to change our mindset of that because in Jesus' church, it's something that we value is we value fun. That's why we get a bounce house, right? And kick the kids out, <laughs> right? That's why we have a snow cone maker machine because we value fun, <laughs> Right? I just think, I, I think that like we should be, we should be people that have the most fun in the whole world because we're saved, <laughs> right? Because we don't have all these other things that we have to worry about, like going to hell and, and not being righteous. You know what I'm saying? Like we should just be really free and just enjoy our lives. So we value fun. We value discipleship. We believe God has positioned us to impact this city and area with the gospel. And we believe we are a lighthouse and a kingdom influence in this region. And the way we do that is through you and I. And then this is what I'm going to finish with, and I'll be done. Matthew chapter 28. I'm like an axe still flipping right, and I'm like, what am I doing? Um, Matthew 28, verse 18, a, a scripture that a lot of us know, but we, we need to look at it. Um, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. That means somebody's running around without any authority. Right? So we need to stop living our life like the devil has so much power because he has no authority, right? He might be trying to do a lot of things, but he doesn't have any authority to do it. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, right? Go, therefore, because all authority has been given to me. Go, therefore, and do what? 
Make disciples of all what? Nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And look, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Like I said, we value discipleship and we realize that it's our call as believers to go and make disciples and reproduce what we carry. Because what we do as a disciple of Jesus is we pursue him and look like him and want to be more like him. And then when we encounter somebody else, our goal is to see them just encounter him and look more like him. Because that's, all, that's everybody's goal. That's everybody's purpose. Not everyone's goal. They might not see it. So as a believer, we have to go and look like Jesus, but go and make disciples of all nations. So we believe and value the call to go and make disciples of all nations. We believe there is a great need for more kingdom communities outside of DeWitt. So we will partner with God to plant, build, and strengthen other communities as he leads us. Right? So this is a little bit of vision. My heart is eventually, long term, is to plant a lot more Jesus-loving communities. Because there's so many times, like, I talk to a lot of people that are in, that are just awesome people that love Jesus, but they don't have anybody around them that runs really well with them. And there's so many places, like, that go, there's so many people that, that, that are sold out, in love, going for it, but, like, they don't even have somebody to sit down and talk to Jesus about, or talk, talk about Jesus with. And like I said, you guys have been, you said you've been super impacted by the community and the, and the family of Jesus Church. There's a lot more need than you realize out there. So our goal and our heart is long term is to just see opportunity and take it and build and whatever we can do to, to strengthen the people where they're at and to build other communities. I don't know if that looks like planting churches or I don't know what that long term, what that looks like, but it looks like encouraging somebody to where if there's somebody that we have relationship with, or even a place that we just feel like God wants us to go and start a community, we'll go and start one. So that's what I want us to see. It's like what we're doing here is amazing and I love it and we're equipping and we're growing and we're pursuing, but there's so much more that Jesus wants us to go and make disciples of all nations. So God doesn't just have a DeWitt, little city of DeWitt in the grand scheme of things. He wants to touch the world and he wants to do it through people that are willing to say yes and go, Right? So that we'll always be ascending church and we'll always be a church that's ready to let people go because we want to, we want to be able to bless people and send little kingdom, right, fires and send them out so that they go and, and start other places. I, mean, I, heard, I remember I had a prophetic word from a buddy of mine back when I was in Bible college and he said that, he's like, I see a picture of a candle in DeWitt, in the, middle of, in the middle of Michigan, and then other candles coming and being strengthened and encouraged and being lit, and then they're more on fire when they leave, and then they're sent out, and they start fires other places. And I'm like, that's exactly what we're looking for, is we're looking for, regardless of where, we're, where people are going, even if it's St. John's, if it's wherever, like, we want them to be lit on fire so where they impact their community. Does that make sense? So long-term, that's what we're looking for. And that's why everything that we do is not just about trying to build bigger and build greater and do more things here. We're trying to pursue bringing the kingdom in every area and every, and every community. That, like wherever I go, I'm just like, people need to know Jesus. Like I, I meet my neighbor, I meet somebody at the store, I'm just like, this guy needs to know the Lord. He needs to get, he needs community. He needs people around him. He needs to be strengthened, 
right? Because they're going, like, I lived my life without community for a long time, and I lived my life without the Lord for a long time, and it was not the best years of my life, right? So we have to realize, like Michelle said, that get outside of ourselves and live with a purpose that, like, this is God's design for Jesus' church and for the church at large. It's because he wants to bring his kingdom through our hearts into the world, and that's why I'm equipping you guys to do it. That's why I'm, I'm doing my best to make sure that we all see it, that we live with purpose. Because if not, we'll, we'll work dead-end jobs with no hope. Because God's the God of all hope. Right? Jesus believes, like he actually believes that when we carry something, that he can actually bring and destroy the, the works of darkness wherever he goes in us. He believes that. We should just also believe it and walk in it. Because I, I don't, I don't want to see... It sucks when people live with no hope and live, live outside, of, outside of purpose. It sucks when people are discouraged and live outside of that place. So does that make sense? Is there any questions on that? So that's a little bit of vision, like where we're headed, and that's why we do what we do. That's why we do discipleship school. That's why we do discipleship you know, classes. That's why people love to sit down with other people is to be strengthened and to be encouraged and to be grown to look more like him. That's what we're about. So I want to, I just wanted to share that and just give us kind of an understanding of why we do what we do and give us a little vision on where we're headed. Like I believe that we could, I believe from here in, in DeWitt, I believe that we could touch literally nations just from this place. Like, like I believe, and I'm not talking about financially, I'm talking about with, with, with the kingdom of God. Because it doesn't take, it doesn't take a lot to, to impact people. Because what you carry is super, super freedom. We carry the gospel and we've been equipped with the gospel. And it brings an impact when it's preached well. It brings an impact when it's given. So from here, like, I see a lot more, I see a lot more Jesus churches and a lot more Jesus communities. And I'm not talking about the name on the board. I'm talking about churches that are, have Jesus as the head. Does that make sense? All right. I'm going to open it up for some testimonies as we finish. And then we've got the grill firing up. <clears throat> We're going to put a sprinkler in the bounce house. And I'm just, I'm just kidding. That's the best way to do a bounce house, though, with a sprinkler in it. Um, but no, does, I want, you want to do it? You want to say something? Um, not right now. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to open it up for just testimonies of, of what Jesus has done. I will keep this in case somebody has notes. Um, yeah, you can come. You want to come? Okay. You have a question? No, I just, a little bit of a question. Like, um, you know, Yeah. Yeah. I always say it like, it, let's say just in DeWitt, I don't know how many churches are in DeWitt, but just in DeWitt, small town Michigan, small town America, let's say that every single church pew, church seat was filled next Sunday. Would DeWitt look any different? Seriously. Would Lansing look any different if every church in Lansing, every church in Michigan was filled, 100% filled? Would would your daily life and would, the, would the, the, the state look any different? 
Man, but if, if, if just the people in this room said, all right, I'm gonna make the decision to lay my life down and look like Jesus and love people like he loves people, just the people in this room, how long until the whole area is encountered by Jesus? So our goal is not to get more people to come to church. Our goal is to see what we have and what we carry and that we're, we have been equipped and been given the love of God and we can impact people, right? Because our goal is not church attendance. We love it. We love church, but that's not our goal. So that's awesome what you said, because it really is. If we laid our life down to serve people, it would be, it would be game over. But we'd have to get outside of ourselves. Man. Does anyone else have anything? Any testimony? Yeah. You're going to have to come up front, though. <laughs> You're good, bro. Um, so if y'all don't know me yet, my name is James Scott White. My wife is Rhoda White. We have a little girl named Caroline. Uh, we've moved here from Kentucky, and I just wanted to share our testimony about why we're here uh, and how important it is to the Lord that we're here. Um, and it's you guys. Uh, so much of what the Lord's doing in our life uh, has everything to do with the manifestation of his love through you all. We come from a place where it was pretty dry. We were really getting stagnant where we were. We didn't have community. We met at a school, it was charismatic. We you know, really just fell in love with the Lord there and we were able to grow in our foundation with him. But mm. where we moved to in Kentucky, it was, like I said, we got stagnant. And we came here to visit because my wife is from here. And when we see the fire and the love that's here for community, for each other, man, it, it was enough that we got confirmation of the Lord. Okay, the reason we're here is more than just to come here to be with family. It's to be with family mm. here. So uh, I just wanted to say welcome, or thank you, and I feel welcomed. Uh, yeah, yeah, so um, yeah, you're welcome. We're here, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I just wanna say thank you, and we're excited to get to know you. Please don't hesitate to come say hi. Um, yeah, so, yeah. <clears throat> Good, bro. Yeah, you're gonna have to come up front, guys, I'm sorry. So that the camera can see you, we don't have we don't have a camera. We don't have a camera. <laughs> um, I don't know how many people that you told the story of how. No, I haven't told anyone. Okay, <clears throat> so I just want to testify that I've, you know, I've moved around a lot in my life, and I've been in a lot of different churches, a lot of friendly churches, good churches, but. Um, this church, I have, I have never experienced mm. the friendliness to the, like, what you're talking about, you're living. Mm -hmm. It's not just, it's not just talk. Mm -hmm. It's happening here. And I had just felt it so deeply. I just want to thank you. Mm -hmm. So I moved. Um, I was living in Redding, California for four years, which was amazing. Mm -hmm really incredible experience, but I moved back to Michigan um, about a little over a year, year and a half ago, and um, to Kalamazoo. And I had lived in Lansing um, prior to moving out to Reading for about eight years. And um, while I was in Reading, I went through a divorce and, you know, lots, lots of changes. And coming back here, um, I knew I was supposed to come back 
I didn't fully know why, but I had no intention to come back to Lansing area. I mean, it wasn't even on my radar. And the Lord opened up an opportunity for me that was just mind-blowing. Um, there's a new gallery opening in Williamston, and I was asked to um, be the art director of that gallery. And um, through a lot of prayer and um, a housing miracle, I was like, okay, Lord, you're actually moving me back to this area. And um, even though I felt like it was a big yes, I st my feet were still kind of skidding all the way because <laughs> it was number six move in five years, so much change, uh, moving away from family again, and coming into this community, I knew people, but it was mostly acquaintances back from homeschooling, and um, one day, I'd been in conversation with the Lord quite a bit about community, but one day I was just praying about it. I'm like, Lord, okay, I'm not in Michigan anymore trying to figure out, like, why I'm here. Like, you literally planted me here in Lansing again, the Lansing area. Like, you gave me a house miraculously. You gave me a job miraculously. I'm like, where are my people? I need, I need a deeper community. And um, as I was praying, I went into a vision, and I saw Jesus. And I just, I don't know how to explain it, except that it looked like I saw him connected to all of creation. It was like this neural network. I'd, I don't know how else to explain it. And I saw myself in the vision, and I'm looking at this vast neural network of creation, like all connected to him. And I saw myself in the vision trying to figure out where my connections were trying really hard like where it's impossible it's like it's too much and while that was happening I realized I'm like wait a minute I'm I'm like focused on the wrong thing I need to just stop and like I turned and I just looked at him like you're the one that's gonna make this happen because it's not my job to figure this out it's the weight of this is not my and I felt the weight of the responsibility of figuring it out just fall off of me. And um, five days later, I'm on Marketplace, and I see this IKEA chair, and I'm like, oh, that would be cute in my office. And I reach out, and it's Dylan and Taya. And of course, you know, I didn't, I didn't know it, but, and they're like, yeah, it's already spoken for, but if it falls through, we'll let you know. And um, later on that afternoon, he was like, uh, it's come back up, and so I went, and I'm praying on the way there. I'm like, Lord, is it safe? You know, I'm going to a strange house. Like, am I safe? And he's like, you're safe. I'm like, okay, and um, so I get there, <clears throat> and I can tell it looks like they might have company or whatever, because there's more cars in the, in the driveway, and Dylan meets me at the door with the chairs easy to carry, and he's like, I can bring it out, you can sit in, and uh, but if you're comfortable, you're welcome to step inside. And I'm like, it's negative three. I'm comfortable, I'll step inside. <laughs> so I stepped inside, and there, were, there was just a group of people there. And literally, you guys, I, I don't know how many of you know what 
the church of Bethel in Reading, but I was there for four years and just, anyways, I, I was, I had been longing, I'd been missing being there. I stepped into their house and I literally felt like I had stepped back into Reading, like the, the Holy Spirit was so strong. And I step in the house and everybody goes, hi. And I was like, hi. And um, so anyways, I sit in the chair. We're talking back and forth. And it just, my experience of feeling such strong Holy Spirit, I'm like, it gave me the courage to just be bold. So I'm like, okay, I see you guys have just done dinner, da-da-da. But like, are you guys doing church? And they're like, well, you know, as a matter of fact. And so anyways, I ended up, even, even another little part of the story, I was like, you know, I haven't, I moved from Reading not that long ago, and da-da-da, and Dylan's like, and points to this guy, who I don't think he goes here, but mm-hmm. points to this guy, and he's like, he's from Reading. And I'm like, so anyways, it was just this incredible experience and Dylan was like, hey, reach out to me on Facebook. Let's stay in contact. So, of course, I left there, and I immediately got on Facebook. I'm like, who are these people, you know? And um, found out that he, they, they were the pastors. They, I didn't even know. But um, anyways, I called my son, and I'm like, this is what just happened. I said, I didn't make this happen. Jesus made this connection happen. I've got to follow through. And he's like, Mom. He's like, the way that happened, I'm coming with you. So um, that's how we ended up here that following Sunday. And um, I'm, just, I'm just blessed to be here. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the patience of this long story. I don't know how else to tell it, but to tell the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just thank you for all of the beautiful people who have loved on, on me already mm-hmm. and just welcoming arms and Jesus is certainly here. Mm, amen. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, that's cool. Would anyone else like to share? Yeah, go ahead. Will you go get Rebecca and the kid? She wanted to share. Were you? Yeah. Yeah, she wanted to. Um, so I lived here. Dylan's my brother. <laughs> but I went to Colorado and then I came back. Um, but like my whole life I was told like don't open up to people because you can get hurt. Like I was told to go to college to get a degree so I don't have to rely on a man <laughs> to give me money in case like it's always like worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Like in case we get a divorce so I can support my children. And it's just like I dropped out of college and got married at twenty one. So <laughs> I didn't listen to that. But um <laughs> Um, but like coming back here, I still was kind of hesitant to open up like all the way, even at Bible school, like some people you could just feel like, okay, I can trust you. But like even coming back here, like realizing that like the Jesus that Taya carries and like the Jesus that Bailey carries are completely different Jesuses that I carry or my husband carries. And like just to open up fully to that Jesus because Taya knows him differently than Bailey knows him. And just, like, that community, like, this is a community you can trust. Mm. I mean, I, this is my family, but even all of you people, like, it's just, like, these connections that I've made with you guys. Like, mm. it's just so beautiful. Like, Adria has spoken to my life things I needed to hear, like, 
exactly the right time. And I'm sure she doesn't know that, but it's just like, it's so cool to just see Jesus moving in people and just allowing your heart to be open mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. So it's awesome. <clears throat> Anyone else? Oh yeah, I forgot that you said that you were going to do it. And I wasn't going to let you leave without it, Tara. Yeah. Sunday, Taya opened up about her experience being a mother, and it just completely stirred me up. Uh, Yeah, there you go. (laughs) I had butterflies in my stomach that would just not go away. It it just wouldn't. And um, family, children and family ministry is very close to my heart. And of course, I chickened out. I didn't share my testimony that I wanted to share. And so after service, I'm like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll go share with them in private. And Pastor Dylan and Taya knows. I always go up and tell them my testimonies in private. But she challenged me to share today, um, which thank you for doing that. Sometimes I need that nudge. Um, my story of being here at Jesus Church is very similar to yours. I, um, I was raised born and raised a Catholic. I've been to many different church, and I've never felt the family, the love, Mm. the community, the compassion, the kindness, the openness that I feel here at Jesus Church. I've never cried at any church but here. Every time when worship is over, it's, I have to excuse myself and pull myself together. But um, so the Lord put on my heart around when the pandemic happened that I need to get plugged in into a church family. It wasn't enough, and I knew I wasn't happy just going to church and coming home. My greatest desire as a mother is to be transformed in a way where I can be that example for my kids Hmm. and that they can be encouraged to want to follow Christ because of that. So I knew I needed family. I was doing life for a very long time by myself. Um, Although I do have Christian um, friends, I have sisters in Christ that I confide in, Mm. but I knew I needed church family. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep an open heart and come here. And everyone, Michelle, uh, everyone was just so kind. And so in the midst of all this, the more that I came here, the more opposition I kept getting. And I knew I knew this is where I need to be because of that. So about two months ago, one of my children received a diagnosis that I wasn't exactly prepared for. It challenged me as a mother to really look at how we were living. I had to restructure our life um, from trying to encourage them to exercise more, to healthy eating, to, I got plugged into a group on Facebook, trying to learn more about this and doing a lot of research. And then my heart was telling me, you know, reach out to Jared and Michelle, which they so kindly met with me right before Michelle left for their trip. And their words really resonated with me. One of the verse that gives me a lot of comfort as a mother is train up a child in the way of the Lord. 
and when they grow up, they will not depart. And that's in my heart. Mm. And I, it's something that's always given me peace and comfort. You know, mm. it, it teaches me to let go and hold life gently, hold mm. motherhood gently. But in that moment, I needed somebody to stand with me in prayer and remind me of those things. Mm. And I know that by his strikes, we are healed. Mm. The diagnosis is, is not their identity. But once again, I needed somebody to remind me of that. And when I left, the word humility was given to Jared, which I knew immediately when he said that to me, that he nailed it. Mm. And so I went home and I prayed about it. I'm like, Lord, how do I, what is humility? And how do I apply this in this certain situation that I'm facing? So may I read what I pulled up? So St. Augustine says, humility is the foundation of all the other virtues. Hence, in the soul in which this virtue does not exist, there cannot be any other virtue except for mere appearance. Humility in the Bible means getting your confidence from God, who loves and values you more than you do yourself. Biblical humility means believing what God says about you over anyone else's opinion, including your own. It requires embracing who you are in Christ over who you are in the flesh. To be biblically humble is to be so free of concern for your own ego that you unreservedly elevate those around you. Mm. When your confidence is in Christ alone, you are free to focus on others, to treat them with elevated regard by honoring and serving them. You can consider others as more important than yourselves. In addition, humility is a virtue that begets all other good virtues. Being humble means being teachable. If you're humble, you're ready to learn how to be patient, kind, and most importantly, you're willing to be transformed by God. Mm. And that was the word right there. That is my desire is to be transformed by God mm. as a woman and especially as a mother. Yeah. So that took root in my heart. Your words, Michelle, you have no idea. Yours mm. and Jared's, it took root in my heart. It didn't only, not only did it help me in the situation, in the circumstances that I was facing with the diagnosis and what I needed to do as a mother, Mm. But there were situations where things would come up and I could feel the tension. And immediately, the Lord brought to my remembrance your words and mm. the word humility and how I should approach that. Mm. Well, moving forward, the Lord had been, over the years, gradually bringing people into my life that needs to know the love of Christ and wanting me to minister to them. Well, the most recent one, the most recent testimony is a young soul. He's been bringing young souls to me lately for some reason, teenagers. And the most recent one was a young soul who was desperate for love. Mm. And they knew of Christ, but they don't have that relationship. Yeah. And immediately in my righteous mind, my righteousness as a mother... I had this wall that immediately came up that I wanted to protect my kids because I didn't want to bring more stress into the home. I didn't want my kids to be exposed to what this other person is going through. 
like I felt like I was in the right because I was trying to protect them, you know, guide them and love them. And I had this conversation with them as into why I felt this way. And then I further went on and reached out to their dad, expressing my concerns and where I stood and everything. But I was not at peace with it. I was not at peace because in my heart, I still felt for this, this young soul that's come into our life. And so that night I prayed and I asked the Lord, how do you want me to handle this? Because I know I'm not at peace. Mm. I'm hurting for this person. But I also do want to do what's right for my kids. And immediately, so sweet, he's like, Tara, is it love? And mm-hmm. I knew immediately what he meant. He wasn't referring to the love I have for my children, because obviously I do. He was referring to this other person who desperately needed the love. Mm-hmm. That I immediately closed off. When I was challenged in my circumstance, because of all the stress and everything that was going on, I immediately closed up. And normally I wouldn't do that at all. So I knew. I knew. And I'm like, no, I was acting out of fear. Mm-hmm. I was acting out of fear. And he said, Tara, all those years, all those times when you hear stories and you see everything that people are going through and your heart breaks for them and you pray and you cry out to me to move and you want me to help. Mm. And you want to help, but you can't because you're on the other side of the screen. Mm. Well, I'm bringing them to you now. Mm. I'm bringing them to you. You asked me to move, but will you move for me? Mm. And in that moment, I was just in tears because I was just... To see, to feel the Lord moving and to witness that and know immediately what he's trying to tell me. Mm. just brought so much joy and peace. I knew immediately what I needed to do. And then once again, humility came to mind. I'm like, okay, so how do I do this, you know? And so I told the Lord, I'm like, you know, bring them to me. You know, I'm, I'm sorry that I missed this opportunity. Bring them to me, and I, I'll, I'll do this. And he said, he told me that this is an opportunity for me to show my kids how to be Jesus in the flesh. Mm. By closing off and trying to protect them, I'm actually robbing them of their blessings. Yeah. So he told me to prepare myself. Be ready. There's more coming. Yeah, that's awesome. And so that's what I've been doing for the last two months since I found out about the diagnosis. I've just been learning as much as I can. I follow a group where my heart just break hearing these stories from mm. parents. And so yeah, I just wanted awesome. to say thank you. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Do you want to share? Do you want to share? Do you want to share? And closes. That was awesome. Oh, closes. Um, Thank you so much for sharing, everybody. I was like driving here. I was thinking last year I was standing here uh, pregnant. Now I'm pregnant again. <laughs> Hopefully next year I won't be pregnant. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but last year I was just like, I mean, I was a little bit hormonal, but I was bawling because I'm like, I felt so, like, it's just so humbling to get to be a part of this and like hearing everybody's testimonies. And also like, this is just a, like a little taste of it. And that's what I'm like, want to encourage us all to like, uh, sorry, I got out of breath like crazy from getting off. 
But now encourage us to like, we are in community and we get to like be a part of everybody's life. And so like sitting down with people, like Tara came up to me and wanted to share. I was like, I would love to hear it, but I think that other people would be blessed by it too. Um, so in our lives, I just want to encourage us to, to be genuine and interested in people's lives. Like ask questions. That's something I asked the Lord uh, to teach me, to ask better questions, to get to know people's heart. And that way we encourage each other. And iron sharpens iron. It's not like when we talk about discipleship, it's not like, oh, I'm discipling Dylan. I'm up here. He's down there. He needs what I have. Yes, he needs what I have, but I need what he has. And we're on, like, we're the same in Christ. Doesn't matter how long I've walked with him or they have walked with him. Like, my little son that can, like, just started walking, he can't even talk. He teach me th- teaches me things about the Lord. You know, like, don't you think somebody else could too, you know? <laughs> but, so, that's, I guess, my encouragement. And, yeah, I'm excited for next anniversary it will be even more things <laughs> but yeah i love you guys uh we're gonna grill and party and enjoy out there any other things i need to say yeah i'm <laughs> like you're telling me to do this. no we're good you can stay here with me though um yeah so we'll uh i appreciate you guys being here and, and hearing some testimonies and stuff i uh it's a super it's just just an awesome awesome honor and it's like when you hear a testimony, when you hear what Jesus is doing and what he's done, it's like, you know, what a testimony means is is do it again, God. So you hear that he did it for them, he can do it for me. If he did it for her, he can do it for me. And it's like, that's what that's what we encourage, why we encourage testimonies. And um, But it's just really good to celebrate what Jesus has done in two years and uh, many more to come. So we're, uh, I'll probably just put, I'm just going to pray for the food, but um, we'll have to get everyone's crock pots out here. We'll probably, um, we'll set it up underneath here and then there's tables out there. Kids can play in the bounce house. You can go ahead and add it. Um, I don't know if we need adult supervision. I don't know how that works. What do you think, Adria? Yeah, three parents are shaking their head. So um, (laughs) let me pray for the food and uh, yeah, and then I appreciate you guys. Father, we thank you for this time. Lord, we thank you for... um, just your heart for us, Lord, and thank you for what you're doing, Lord. I pray that uh, you just continue to just stir in our hearts for more of you, um, more hunger for you, more hunger for your word. And um, Father, I thank you that you just continue to show us the beauty of community, the beauty of relationship. And uh, just bless this time, bless this food. Um, Thank you that you're going to be in our conversations and that you're celebrating with us, Lord. And we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys are dismissed.